Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. And today I want to tackle a sticky area when it comes to Christians being too friendly with the world. I think this is something that we all probably struggle with in our culture today where Christianity is so blended with pop culture. And I want to take a look at that from a biblical point of view and really examine whether being friends with the world, being enamored with the world, blending worldliness into our Christianity is truly okay. I think so many of us have excused it because we see it everywhere we are. A few years ago, I was speaking at a women's conference, and I was speaking on the topic of being set apart, and I shared my testimony of coming away from pop culture and worldly preoccupations and learning how to truly be consecrated to Christ. And I talked about how I began to just pull back from constantly listening to secular music and um, always, you know, going to see the latest movies and being so integrated with pop culture and popularity and social activities and really learning how to build my life around Christ rather than build my life around the things of this world and just try to fit Christ in on the side. And the message went over quite well, but one of the leaders of this event really was uncomfortable by what I was sharing. And she told me, you know, I think what you're sharing is just too extreme. I believe that women need to be the fragrance of Christ in this world. They can't be fortressed in from the world. They have to be part of the culture in order to reach it. And that's a very common idea floating around the church today, that the best way to reach the world for Christ is to be part of the culture, to understand exactly, you know, what are the latest movies? What are the latest television shows? Do all the same things that the world does in order to be able to relate to the world. I heard a pastor say, you know, I think it would be great for you and my congregation. He was talking to all his people in his congregation saying, I think you should watch multiple hours of television every week in order to be part of the culture so you understand how to relate to the world. And I found it very ironic that he was encouraging that when he wasn't saying take those same hours and spend those hours in the word of God or in prayer. Jesus did not tell us to participate in the things of this world in order to reach it. In fact, he said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, Therefore, the world hates you. That's in John 15, 18 through 29. And he also said in Luke 6, 26, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. So it's very clear from the words of Christ that true Christianity will influence the world, but will never be applauded and approved by the world. Catherine Booth, who was the co-founder of the Salvation Army, wrote these words back in her time, and I think they're still so applicable for today. She said, when the church and the world can jog comfortably together, you may be sure there is something wrong. The world has not altered. Its spirit is exactly the same as it ever was. And if Christians were equally faithful and devoted to the Lord and separated from the world, living so that their lives were a reproof to all ungodliness, the world would hate them as much as it ever did. 
What a powerful statement. I believe that true Christianity has always been and will always be offensive to the culture. All you need to do is read the New Testament, read the book of Acts, and study Christian history to see that that is the case. And it's really only when we no longer care what we look like to this world and we stop trying to win their approval that we can truly impact them for Christ. Christians who try to impress the world or be like the world in order to reach the world are missing a key principle of the gospel. James 4.4 says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Those are very strong words. We take friendship with the world so casually, just blend in with the world, enjoy everything the world enjoys, and we can't imagine giving up these pop culture attractions that we're so enamored with. And yet the Bible says that if we become friends with the world, we make ourselves an enemy of God. And then in 1 John 2, 15 and 16, He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So again, as modern Christians, we seem to take these these statements in scripture lightly or overlook them. We become easily distracted by the temporal things of this world. And in many cases, we try to blend them into our Christianity. I've read a lot of books or skimmed through a lot of Christian books where they use more examples from pop culture to illustrate their point than they do scripture. It's like, well, this movie illustrates this in this way. There's no scripture there, but there are a lot of examples from pop culture. If you look on a lot of Christians' Facebook pages, you'll see so many references to the most popular TV shows or the things that are going on in pop culture, and it's blended into their Christianity. So many of us as Christians spend more time on Facebook than in prayer or in studying God's word, we have more passion and excitement towards the latest Hollywood blockbuster or a professional sports event than we do at church on Sunday morning as we are supposed to be worshiping the most high God. And that is a really sad state of affairs when you think about the privilege that we have to come into the presence of God, and yet so often we are more excited about the passing trivial things of this world. Amy Carmichael, who I quote all the time, one of my spiritual heroes, wrote this. It was in the late 1800s, and she said, What is the secret to great living? Entire separation to Christ and devotion to him. Thus speaks every man or woman whose life has made more than a passing flicker in the spiritual realm. It is the life that has no time for trifling that counts. So powerful and so convicting because we often are trifling with sin, trifling with worldly things, not taking worldliness very seriously, allowing it to just bleed into our Christianity and subtly influence us. Really, the way to avoid mediocre, defeated Christianity is to stop waffling between the world and the cross, to stop embracing Christianity only so far as it does not threaten our comforts and popularity, and to instead say, Lord, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. True set-apartness means living in such a way that leaves no questions as to where our loyalties lie. When people observe our lives, they should see us unashamedly embracing the cross of Christ and boldly declaring, I'm with Jesus. If they look at our lives, 
lives and we're living the same way as everybody else, then what is going to draw them to the cross? Let's take a look at the principles of changing the world, impacting the world for Jesus Christ. I met a well-known pastor one time who had several framed photos in his office showing him with various famous athletes and movie stars and celebrities, most of whom were not Christians. Most of them were openly living immoral lives, but he really seemed to want to show off these pictures almost as if it it strengthened his credibility as a man of God, the fact that he had good friendships with all of these worldly celebrities. And another time, a popular Christian radio station was announcing that one of their favorite Christian artists was able to open for a really famous and very ungodly rock star. Now, this artist did not get a chance to share the gospel and didn't wasn't able to make any kind of a stand for Christ, but they were just happy that he was associated with someone who was applauded by the world. So when Hollywood and the secular music industry feels comfortable with us and we feel comfortable with them, it means that something is wrong with our Christianity. Yet more and more Christians are accepting the idea that the more attractive we are to the culture, the better witnesses for Christ we will be. But let's take a look at what scripture says. In 2 Corinthians 2, 15 through 16, it says, For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. God says that our lives will give off an appealing fragrance to those who are ready to receive Christ, but to those enslaved by sin, our separation from the world will cause offenses everywhere we go. And there's really no way around that. We fooled ourselves if we think that worldliness somehow brings glory to God. We are called to embrace the foolishness of the gospel and bear the reproach of Christ. That's all throughout scripture. And if we don't, if we're not willing to embrace that foolishness of the gospel, then we'll quickly become the lukewarm Christian that God spews out of his mouth, as we see in Revelation 3.15. So when you're contemplating that decision to stand boldly with Christ, don't overlook this key truth. Being set apart for Jesus Christ is not going to be a hamper to your Christian witness. It's not going to put a damper pedal on your ability to reach others for Christ. Instead, being set apart is your Christian witness. When people see your life and they realize that you have something better to live for than the latest movie, better to live for than the most recent Facebook gossip. And they see you passionate and excited about something that is not trivial, but is eternal. It makes them stop and say, what is it that she has? I want to know more about it. If you don't really know whether this is true or not, take some time to read Hebrews 11 and be reminded of what makes a true spiritual hero. It's not compliance with the culture, it's complete consecration to the king. Study the lives of Christians throughout history who have most impacted the world for Christ. People like Viva Perpetua, Athanasius, John Wycliffe, William Tyndale, John Knox, John Bunyan, Charles Spurgeon, Eric Little, C.T. Studd, Hudson Taylor, George Mueller. The list can go on and on and on. There are so many men and women that have had a profound influence upon the world for the cause of Christ, and it wasn't their ability to blend into the world that caused them to influence others. It wasn't the fact that they kept up with cultural trends and knew how to gain approval or grow in 
popularity. In fact, it was the very opposite. The thing that made these men and women so unstoppable for God's kingdom was their willingness to be rejected, mocked, despised, and misunderstood. Many of them were scorned and falsely accused and even abused in very extreme ways. Some of them were martyred. But through it all, they remained more than conquerors because they were living for something far greater than earthly applause. Modern churches often think that the world is rejecting Christianity today because we aren't enough like the culture. So they hire marketing companies to help the church become more culturally relevant. But the world isn't rejecting Christianity because we aren't enough like the culture. Instead, it's because we are too much like the culture. There's really nothing different about our lives, nothing that proves we found something bigger to live for than temporary pleasure, and certainly nothing that says we found something worth dying for. We're pining after the same empty pursuits as non-believers, enamored with the same celebrities, preoccupied with the same reality TV shows, and obsessed with the same pro sports team. So why would they want what we have when our lives are no different from theirs except for maybe a few moral boundaries here and there? Really, it's not going to be impressive stage shows and entertainment, coffee bars in our church lobbies, or slick marketing campaigns that's going to draw non-believers into our churches. It won't be the example of lukewarm believers trying to just be in touch with the culture and make Christianity look cool. Non-believers will only be drawn to Christ when they see something real and powerful and far beyond what pop culture could ever hope to offer. Christ said in John 12, 32, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And that is so profound. He was speaking about being lifted up on the cross, but also in principle, when Jesus Christ and his cross is truly lifted up among us, our numbers increase exponentially without us needing to imitate the world in order to get them there. You can see more about that in Acts 2.47, but really when Jesus is lifted high, it is so magnetic to people who are hungry and searching. I love the story of R.A. Torrey, who led some revivals in England in the early 1900s, and when he first came to England, he rented the biggest hall in the entire city called the Royal Albert Hall, and reporters would come to him and say, how in the world are you planning on filling this hall to capacity because even the most famous singers and opera performances and all the land can only fill this place for a night or two and he had booked it for an entire month and he believed that through prayer and simply lifting high the name of Jesus people would be drawn and so they began to pray they didn't market they didn't try to be like the world in order to draw a crowd in fact some Christians told R.A. Torrey that in order to not have the whole thing be an embarrassment that he should have a circus performance or an opera singer come in to be a draw for the crowd and then preach the gospel. But he stood firmly on that principle that if Christ be lifted high, he will draw people to himself. And so they just stood on the stage, he and his companions, and very in a very non-entertaining way spoke the gospel, and it was filled to capacity, people waiting outside in the rain to get into the second service, and this went on for week after week after week. What a powerful testimony of that scriptural principle. We don't have to be like the world in order to reach them. So when we stop being enamored by the things of this world and start being captivated by our king, the world will stand back 
and wonder. Yes, it's true that non-believers may mock and revile us, but in the end, they will be unable to deny the unshakable, unstoppable power of true Christianity, and they will be forever changed by what they see in our lives. Remember the powerful testimony of Stephen in the book of Acts. The unbelievers were so offended by his life and words that they stopped their ears and gnashed their teeth at him and eventually killed him. But the Bible also says that they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. That's in Acts 6.10, which is such a powerful testimony of just speaking the truth boldly, the impact that it has on others' lives. Now, taking a bold stand for Christ doesn't always end in martyrdom. Sometimes it will end in persecution, but they will not be able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which we speak when we separate from worldly means and simply lift high the name of Jesus. Truly becoming a set-apart woman starts with the simple decision to leave behind the things that charm and ravish the world and Put aside the passing pleasures of this world and cling tightly to Jesus Christ and his cross. So if you're ready to let go of lukewarm living and cling boldly to the cross of Christ, it may at first seem like a very undesirable place to be, but the moment your hand grasps that wood of the cross and you lift it high and you unashamedly declare, I'm with Jesus, that becomes the place of utmost joy and satisfaction. And that truly is the way to change the world. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about giving your life radically to Jesus Christ and truly impacting this world as we've been talking about today, I encourage you to look into our new personal discipleship program available at braveheartedchristian.com. This is an opportunity to come to Colorado and be trained by Eric and I and our team and then have 100 days of online mentoring and discipleship to radically transform your Christianity from maybe just ho-hum and run-of-the-mill to truly earth-shattering, epic in your own life, and world-changing for those around you. So check that out at braveheartedchristian.com. And if you want to know more about this topic and look for similar articles and other podcasts, then visit us at setapartgirl.com. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.